Hey, Mac, when does deer season start? Well, if you want the best deer herd possible, Lanny, you need to start right now. Right now. That's, That's why right. we're starting our promotion. I mean, we've got a deer season starts now promotion on plantbiologic.com where you can pick up our Game Changer soybeans, our forage soybeans, and our spring protein peas. While you're there, you might as well go ahead and pick up some brassicas like our final forage and winter bowls. Yeah, stock up for the cool season planting right now. Listeners to the GK Podcast, if you use coupon code GKPOD, you can save an additional 10% off our entire selection of warm season, cool season, and clover food plot seed. Get started today and visit plantbiologic.com for an unforgettable fall. I am Jeff Foxworthy, and welcome to Gamekeeper Podcast. If you want to learn more about farming for wildlife and habitat management, then, buddy, you are in the right place. Join the Gamekeeper crew direct from Mossy Oak Land Enhancement Studio as they discuss the latest wildlife and habitat management practices, news, and, of course, hunting. There's no telling what you'll learn, but I'm going to tell you, I bet it's interesting. Enjoy. We're live in three, two, one. Well, here we are. Welcome to West Point, Mississippi, Lanny. Yeah, welcome back from the shot show there, Bobby. Take yeah, one for the team for us. I'm glad to be back. Good. Yeah. Get, yeah good, good. You, didn't, you don't sound like you got sick or anything. I think he's the one that took it out there. <laughs> yeah, I probably did. <laughs> I probably did. Took it and left it. There was a lot of people out there. Well, that's good to see it was well attended for sure. It, it was well attended. It, it There's a lot of uh, police stuff at that show now. Yeah, lots of guns. Yeah, sure. A lot of guns. Got to uh, got to see our, our friends at Browning and look at All some right. new stuff they've got and got to go look at some Springfield Armory pistols. And nice. Look, I mean, boy, those are some nice pistols. Yeah, they are. They do have nice stuff. There's no question about it. Yeah, well, look, so uh, to, this is a, bo- a bonus episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a friend. Well, I'll introduce him just in a second, uh, but, but, but Jason Cook that uh, we, we've had on the podcast yeah. before. He's a he's a Man, he's a serious hunter. He goes all – he's an outfitter. He owns this uh, thing called Land of Giants in Kansas, and he's a big deer hunter, but personally a big duck hunter, and uh, and he's a crazy addicted turkey hunter. And that's kind of how we came to – you know, we seeing him wearing bottom. We resemble that turkeys. remark. That's yeah. right. So he, he fits in right with us there. And uh, so I'd, I'd heard a story and uh, about something that just recently happened to him, and I've kind of followed up, and it was – Man, it just it made me just stop, sit, and think how quick things can go south. So, yeah, yeah. So that's what. Uh, in my my hope, you know, every time Lanny, I'm looking at you. We always trying to hopefully learn something from yeah. these, from these podcasts. And I, I think of you oftentimes when, when we have <laughs> well, guests in I, here. I, I always we're. learn. That's yeah. True. So uh, I look around, and and then Max got a dog, and uh, Dudley's got a three legged dog. And, I, well, this what, is something. I mean, I'm not trying to you know blow the cover here, but it's something we've all thought about, you know. But uh, just listening to Jason's experience and all, we'll, we'll be able to you know be sure we avoid it even more than we have before. That's right. So what my hope is, what I was point I was trying to make is people listening, to, duck hunters listening mm-hmm. to this podcast might come away with this with a newfound respect for the weather, ice, dangerous conditions, and the water uh, and, and preparation. Yes. So, so hopefully we can teach that. And so without uh, – let me get get right to it. Uh, Jason Cook from from Kansas is here with us, Land of the Giants. Jason, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are y'all? Man, we're good. We're uh, – the way when I heard the story. Yeah, it's like a duck hunter's worst nightmare. It, it one really of them, was. One of them for sure. Honestly, you know, the um, 
it wasn't any different than anything else that we've kind of done in the past. Um, so, you know, up in Kansas, when it gets really, really cold, typically, you know, all of your birds would get on the river and that, that's primarily where we shoot them at. But, you know, occasionally we'll, we'll take an ice seater somewhere and get on a, a large body of water and try to get a hole busted open, you know, as big as we can. Well, the temperatures, you know, the, the wind chill, it got down to, uh, I think negative 30, negative 35, somewhere around there. And it didn't get above freezing for probably close to two weeks. Um, you know, they, all the rivers froze. Everything was completely locked up. Well, you know, started warming back up. It got up to the, I don't know, 50, 55 for a couple of days. Well, the ice, you know, it was, it was still probably six or seven inches thick. Um, but it was the sun heating it up, you know, it was kind of, it kind of made like a slime deal on top of it. it. You know, it was slowly, slowly starting to thaw, but it was going to take a lot longer, you know, before you could actually go in there and hunt it. So, uh, we took an ice eater or an ice ripper in and busted a pretty good hole right in front of the blind, you know, just, just like always before. And, um, that's, I mean, that's where we were doing all the shooting at, but, you know, out towards the middle, you know, about a hundred yards out from the blind, there, uh, there were four or five decoys that got, uh, they got left. I don't know. You know, weeks before, before this incident, before it happened, and I don't know if, you know, just that one in, in particular spot, or just because there's something out there on, on the water, you know, that that's the very first place that it started to fall on its own. If um, if that kind of makes sense to you, so yeah. um, it, like I said, it was just kind of everyday ordeal. I mean, it was it was so thick you could walk on it, you know, no problem. Um, we had a group of birds come in, and <clears throat> we had one cripple, and lo and behold, he landed right in that one one hole about a hundred yards out. You know, it was I don't know, probably. 10 by 10 little spot, you know, five by 10. It, it, it wasn't very big, but, um, so when, whenever the cripple went down and it hit, hit that spot, you know, I sent the dog after it. I, I could tell before I ever sent him that he was kind of, um, I don't know. He, he, you could tell he did not want to go out there across and go off in that hole. Well, I mean, he's hunted in ice his whole life. He's, um, four, four and a half. And that's, you know, I didn't think anything of it. Well, whenever he got off into the hole and went to come back up on top of the ice, you know, from from the sun heating everything up, um, he couldn't back. He couldn't, you know, he couldn't get enough traction to pull himself back upon it. And once once I realized the only way he was going to get out was by me walking out there to get him. And um, I mean, that's that's really where it all started. That. Mm. Yeah, well, <clears throat> what would anybody do in that situation? Uh, you go get your dog. So it's interesting. Yeah, that Lane, that's exactly yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, you probably you freak out. Yeah, right? you got to keep your composure. But mm-hmm. the maybe those the plastic decoys that got left last week were warming up and warmed up a spot that you that 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 softened the ice right there. It is. Uh, you mentioned that you felt like the dog didn't want to go it uh, i find that i find that fa- really interesting that he might have had some kind of 
insight into this was not a good idea. And it's, um, you know, honestly, I wish I wish I could get inside of a dog's mind because, you know, when, when you spend so much time together, you can, um, it, it's almost like they can sense it, you know. And it, the thing about this dog, he's got more go than any dog I've ever seen. Um, it's, it's unbelievable. So when it, whenever he started acting the way that he did, you know, I didn't, I didn't really think anything about it. Well, once I seen him struggling and I knew, okay, well, it's time for me to go. I mean, I literally walked, you know, 100, 115 yards out across the ice all the way to him. And right when I got to him, you know, to that hole to pick him up, that's when I could feel, I could feel the ice, you know, back behind me starting to break, you know, and it broke off into a sheet, um, uh, and I don't know, probably five by five. Um, and whenever it broke, I grabbed him and threw him out on top of the ice. And of course, he had the duck in his mouth and he wouldn't let it go. And that's when I went to pull myself back up on it. And I was in the same situation that he was in. You know, I, I couldn't get any kind of traction at all. I mean, I was taking my fingernails and, you know, digging them into the ice, trying to pull myself up. And every time, right when I would get to, you know, right right there on the line of getting out, it would just break off into another sheet. And it just kept escalating. It kept getting worse and worse and worse. So, Jason, are, are you, you can't touch, obviously. No, sir. It was it was probably 15 or 20 foot deep. Oh, my gosh. So, so you got the dog out. And that, I mean, kudos to you for doing that, I mean, for being able to do that. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure how you were able to pull that off. But go ahead with your story. Yep. So once once I got him out, um, you know, and I kept trying to pull myself back up, and it, it just continued to break. Um, you know, we had I want to say six clients. Um, well, some could call them clients. I I kind of consider my my garden angels now um, <laughs> from Georgia. I mean, because literally with without them, um, there there's no telling what would have happened, and. Uh, I, I think I could safely say there's no way I'd be here today if it wasn't for them. But, you know, the, the biggest part about it was it, it's, it's a mind over matter game. And I know that sounds kind of crazy, but you've got the whole entire time I stayed calm, you know, the, the best I could because I, did, I was trying not to freak them out, if that makes any sense. Um, and... By that time, that's when hypothermia started kind of setting me in. But I, I kept telling myself, there's no way I'm going to let myself die out here in this in this reservoir. You know, and I just, um, I decided, well, maybe I should try to take my waders off. <laughs> well, it was too deep. And by that time, you know, they were so full of water, there there was nothing that I could do. Um, and I kept trying and trying and trying. Well, this, had, I mean, it went on for... You know, about twenty minutes. Um, the guys, you know, they obviously they were they were trying to trying to get out there to me, but I mean they they couldn't, you know. And I and I didn't want them to come past the point to where they couldn't touch anymore. Um, you know, so I literally I just kept going and going as much as I could. And you know, when you when you're in a situation like that. You know the the things that run through your head is I mean, it's, it's kind of unbelievable. Um, you know, one point, you know, when when my body kind of quit going, I said, "Well, 
maybe I can swim up under the ice. And well, that was kind of a mistake. Uh, I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't recommend that because once, once my head went under the water, I, I could hardly get, I could hardly have enough energy to pull my head back up. And so I finally get my head back up and, you know, they're all screaming, um, you know, keep your head up, keep your head up. And trust me, I, I was fighting it well the whole entire time. Uh, of course, the dog, you know, Cassie didn't want to leave me. I mean, he stayed there with me, you know, the whole entire time. I don't know if he was trying to give me the duck or, <laughs> or what he was doing, but, you know, that he played a big part in it because I was so worried, you know, about, about him falling through or falling back in again that I wouldn't have enough energy to get him back out. So, you know, I think part of that um, kind of helped, you know, keep me calm. But after, you know, the, the 20, 25-minute mark, I mean, I was I was kind of like a zombie. Um, and at that point, I said, you know, honestly, I, I, I thought – I told myself I figured drowning would be worse than I thought it would be. And I know that sounds crazy, but that's – that's to the point that it got to, and and I really feel like every every bit of that or a lot of that could have been prevented, you know, if if I just had a hundred foot of rope, um, something as simple as that, you know, even if it's just five feet of paracord, you know, you could throw in your blind bag, just something that the guys could have tossed to me, you know, to grab a hold to. Um, at one point, I grabbed a hold to the stone. I, you know, was trying, um, trying to keep myself up with him, but um, by by the time I almost made it, oh, I, honestly, I couldn't tell you how far I made it. I made it close enough to where I could. I remember my tippy toes barely touching, and that's when one of the one of the guys grabbed me, and they they you know they were all kind of locked locked together with their arms, and you know by this time, I mean they. Of course, you know, there are two or three of them. They had gotten soaking wet. But um, all I remember hearing was grab my boot. You know, my head was under the water. Um, I, and, I, and I took all the energy I had just to grab a hold to his feet. And I grabbed it, and they all pulled him backwards. And then it was, you know, they they were able to get me out of the water. As soon as we got out of the water, luckily they, you know, they, they knew some steps to take. Um, they immediately, you know, stripped all my clothes off, they threw me in the truck and I mean, I could I couldn't walk, I couldn't I couldn't even function. Um I was kinda, you know, coherent. I you know, I could tell them which way to turn to get me back up to the lodge. And that's you know, that's when they called my wife, Whitney, and they said, Hey, look, there's been an accident. This is what you, this is what we need you to do. So she went and got all the blankets inside the house and she put them all in the dryer and um they carried me inside, put me in the bed, and she was, I don't know, for two or three hours just constantly rotating the blankets. You know, she would she throw four or five of them on me. Um, she'd let the other ones in the dryer get hot, and she'd come take, you know, the, the top two or three off and to put the new ones on. But it was probably, uh, I'd say, you know, a three or four-hour process just to get me back to where, I can really even hardly talk to anybody. Jason, let's stop right there. Let, let, <clears throat> let me understand. So were you pulling yourself up on the ice and it and it cracking and it busting and, and you were able to move two feet and then come a little bit closer? Was that how you got close enough where those guys could grab you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, 
it w- it would break off and you know into really big chunks. But on on the downside of what was happening, you know, it would like try to try to shelf back together, and it would literally, you know, it was it was almost pinning me into the ice. Um, you know, at one point, I mean, it pinned me up under the water. You know how, how I got my head back up above it. I I have no idea. Um, and like I said, I've hunted. I mean, I've hunted ice my whole entire life. But the you know the biggest lesson that that I learned from that, you know, from that one experience was, you know, I'm, I'm not saying everybody should never hunt in the ice again, or you know, say that I'm never going to hunt in the ice again because of course I will. I mean, it's my job. But I've never put myself in a situation. If my dog doesn't, I cannot physically walk out there and build a stand wherever it, that hole might be. Yeah, no. Yeah, it was, uh, and, and 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 honestly, I I had no idea that it was that deep in that one spot. So, so you mentioned earlier about twenty five. How long were you in the water? Uh, it was it was probably over twenty five minutes. Mm-hmm. Lanny, I'm looking at you shaking your head. What's going through your mind? That's a long time in cold water, you know. Yeah, I hate is. cold water. I mean, I won't even jump uh, in a. I won't even jump in a sixty degree creek. You know. <laughs> no, I'm the same way. Like you know, my um, my wife, she's always kind of you know make jokes about it and stuff like that. Uh, I absolutely despise cold water. Like I, I can barely get in the ocean in in July. I mean, I know that. I don't know why. I just I don't like cold water. Even you know when we're up in Alaska, guiding and stuff like that. I mean, some of the only only showers you can take are you know in a river. Um, a couple of years ago, it was, it was like twenty six days I went without a shower just because <laughs> I refused to get that water. <laughs> so, what would have been some of the effects, the after effects of this? You know, the the, the worst part, you know, was probably it, it was definitely my hands. Um, you know, my my fingernails were kind of, uh, they were kind of broken off and, you know, peeled back. And, you know, my hands, they got cut up pretty bad just from the ice. But, and, and I've, I mean, even today, I mean, you know, we're down in Arkansas hunting, it's 40 something degrees. Um, I, I can, I can still tell a big difference in that. But other, other than my hands, I mean, every, you know, everything else was good. And, you know, there were several people that, you know, said, um, I wonder how it's going to affect your dog. You know, is he still going to be okay? Is he going to be scared to get back in? Um, I said, Oh no, no, he'll never even miss a beat. And it was, it was funny. So whenever, whenever we got back to the house, um, you know, of course, Whitney was throwing all the blankets on me and cash. He, he would never leave my side. Um, and the girls were constantly, you know, throwing warm blankets on him. Yep. It, it it was a really bad situation. I can say that. Mm. Well, we're glad you're okay. But That's yeah. scary. Never, um, you know, it took me, uh, it took four or five days, you know, until I took myself and him back out hunting. But, you know, he, he's kind of crazy. You, you can never even tell a difference for him if something happens. Mac, have you got a question? Yeah. So you always hear about, you know, wearing waders and boats and, and, you know, being being super careful with your waders. What did your waders do when they filled up? I mean, did they weigh you down? Was it like cement in your waders or, or kind of what 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 did those feel like when you were? Flying? Well, so like, you know, when it, when it first happened, um, 
you know, all, all I knew was I've got to get out of here. You know, I was still 100%, uh, you know, my mind was still 100% there and I just kept fighting, trying to get out of the ice. Well, that's by that time, whenever my body was starting to shut down, it actually, when I realized, well, part of it is my waders being full of water. Well, you know, there's some people who say, well, man, you should have just undone your buckle real quick and, you know, try to take them off while it was so deep. And I had so much water in there that, you know, it was taking all the energy I had just to hold myself up, much less, well, okay, let me take a quick break and let me strip these waders off and see if that'll help, you know, lose everything or lose a bunch of weight. Maybe that'll help me because at that point, it, it never even crossed my mind to take them off. It's um, so much easier and, said than done. Yeah, and that had to be a bunch of weight. 100%. Oh God! And, and, and honestly, I would like to know, you know, the um, the poundage of, of what it is whenever your waiters are full of water. Because I'm gonna tell you, I think I think they were filled all the way to the complete top. Well, I know they were, but it um, and, and who knows? Maybe maybe if in the very beginning, if I would have stripped them off, um, maybe that would have helped. I, I, I don't know. Were you well, shaking like uncontrollably, or was it? I mean, were oh you able God, to use? I, no, I was. Uh, once I got out of the water, was really when you know the shaking. Um, that's that's when it got really really bad. And like I said, it took hours just to quit the shaking. It, you know, is whenever your body is kind of coming back. Um, you know, because obviously you shake to try to get warm. Well. I don't, I don't believe I, I ever shook inside the water. And, you know, if I did, I didn't realize it. It, it went from, okay, everything is, you know, okay. Um, I'm still good. I'm fighting. I'm getting out of the water. Or I'm, I'm fighting to get out of the water. Um, nothing wrong. Okay, keep going, keep going. To the, the second hypothermia, you know, hit. It, it, I mean, it took all you could do just to lift your arm up, you know. I'm sure I was probably shaking in the water. Um I don't know, but I know when I was laying in the bed and she kept rotating the blankets on me, it, oh, I mean, it, I, I can't believe it didn't rattle the pictures off the wall. <laughs> so let's, let's take, let's, let's stop and think about what could have been, what, what he could have done that might've, uh, that, that having some hundred feet of rope sounds like that's a pretty good idea. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking out loud here, but even a cheap rope, from the hardware store, you know, you don't have to get some kind of fancy climbing rope. Just hang it on a nail in every blind. Uh, I mean, you just never know, but, I mean, that's five, probably five bucks. Oh, your jerk so, string, you know, our jerk string anchor and, and rope and everything, too. What is it? The reach, throw, row, go, man. That's this kind of the, the water safety thing. So I'm breaking it on down back to some old Boy Scout stuff there. But anyways, if you can't yeah. reach them, throw. If you can't throw something to them. Uh, row, which is a boat, obviously, and then lastly is is go. But it sounds like what they did was they got in a human chain, you know, and tried to displace their weight over a bunch of water and were able to yeah. get their hands on him. So it's pretty amazing they pulled that and, off. And that's what they did. So, you know, because you know, at that point, you know, they obviously um, the guys on the end were getting wet. Yeah. Um, but they, they, they were locked into somebody to where they could have just, you know, pulled them right out or something, you know, something really bad were to happen or if they were ever got close to the point that I was at, at, at least, you know, they, they had someone's hand to grab a hold to. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when you got six or seven inches of ice, um, you know, some people might think, well, 
a hundred foot of um, paracord is not going to make that big of a difference. But I'm going to tell you, make a big difference. It, it would have made a world of difference if they would have had anything they could have, um, you know, tied. I mean, just some type of little string or, you know, just something would have made it. It, it would have made the process that much quicker. Yeah, just I mean, even because a... once, once you get to that point, I mean, you you've literally you've got minutes. Yeah, and then, I mean, obviously you're trying not to drown, first of all, and then the hypothermia after that. Mm, right. And those two converging, you know, while you're trying to get out, it's obviously. So thinking about the dogs, I mean, <clears throat> I know how emotional that would be, see, seeing my dog struggling like that. I, I just know you're just going to do whatever you got to do. But what, how, how do you, what, where's the line that where you say, okay, it's too cold or it's too dangerous to take the dogs? Is, is that situation where you're just trying to keep the dog from being – it following in someplace where he can't touch or, or, or Lanny, what are, what are your thoughts there? You know, there's, there's several things to think about, you know, current temperature and everything else. So, um, you know, and, and we've had experiences around here with Daniel and Fitz's dog. I mean, it was, it was chilly, but it was not that cold. They wasn't breaking ice or anything else. So it can really happen. I think you just got to really pay attention to, um, well, I'm uh, speaking to the dog falling through the ice and not being able to get back get back out because I I can't just can't uh, can Jason can can Cash pull himself out by his toenails in most situations oh, if his feet can't a, a, touch? Absolutely, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's um, like I said, he, he's hunted in the ice his whole entire life. It's um, you know, he obviously he's in great shape and he hunts every day and um, you know he's got a lot of muscles and he's. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't ask for a dog to be mm-hmm. in better shape than he is. And, and in the past, you know, typically when everything starts freezing up, um, you know, it, it's it's below thirty two whenever you're hunting. If if the ice is kind of weak or whatever, the dog falls through. Well, he can get enough traction to pull himself back up. Well, since us waited, or since we waited, you know, three or four days before we ever went out there to try to hunt, you know, it was just constantly heating that ice up, and you know, it starts. It starts to um, kind of thaw on the top side first, and it gets so slick um, that you just absolutely can't get any kind of traction at all. Hmm. Wow! And that's and that was that was his problem um, because it was like, oh, I'm sure, there's better ways, you know, to describe or better words to put it in. But it, I mean, it was literally like just a slime on top of the ice. Like the day, the day before when we were out there busting it all up. Um, or, you know, trying to get a hole in the ice, it was, you know, 35, 45-mile-an-hour winds. And if you put your back to it, it would literally just push you across the ice. Wow. Well, I don't know what else to ask, Lanny. Yeah. I mean, I think just just, just to learn, you know, from I mean, from, what, from his situation yeah. for sure. That's think a rare it. scenario. I mean, and, and well, we, we all get fired up when ice comes yeah, for waterfowling. Like, we like know. to hunt. We like to get out in the cold. Um, mm-hmm. I hate to think that you just wouldn't go or something. I mean, it, no, it's just a, it's just a tough scenario, and it happened, and they they made the best of it. They, uh, they it sounds like the the hunters waited a little while and probably talked about it and said, "Here's what we're going to do." Put a plan. They together. didn't overreact. Um, so. Uh, when it all boils down to it, they ended up making the correct decisions yeah. to get him out. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, when you're in that situation, it's just like when you're being robbed, you know, sometimes your brain just kind of quits working. 
Well, I think, you know, and, and Jason said this, he, you know, kept on making himself stay calm. That's a, that's a huge part in those kind of situations. Right. Yeah, mental toughness. Yeah, you And he's to, out there every day. Yeah, and, so you, uh, you got to be calm. Somebody that's not out there every day may not make the right decision. So, uh, mm. like he said, a little bit of paracord, you know, he, he was getting his fingers, trying to get into any kind of little crevice or pocket to pull himself up. It It may only have taken about 10 pounds of pull to get him up on that ice and just a little bit of rope or paracord or something, I think is what we need to have just in, in case that happens again. Anything, you know, would, um, would, would, would be great. I mean, it, you know, I did not have gloves on. I, I don't know. If, um, you know, if you had some type of gloves with some, you know, some type of grip on it, if it would have made a difference or not, you know, I felt, I felt like my fingernails were, the best thing that I had, and I mean, it's, it, it tore my hands up pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, Jason, we're glad you and Cash are okay. Yeah. We sure are. Oh, and, I appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, look, look, you uh, you got quite a few harrowing stories. You need to be careful out there. <laughs> he kind of reminds me of those, you know, those rock climbers that, you know, it's like, I love this so much. I'm going to go despite the conditions and. You know, live my life and have fun, and uh, it's uh, and and that's that's the thing. I mean, I've yeah, I've had some close calls, and one of my guys the other day was kind of funny. He said, "Jason, he said if it's going to happen, it's obviously going to happen to you, and, <laughs> and that sucks." But he said, "I feel so sorry for your wife because she never knows if you're coming home or not," um, and and that's the truth. But you know, I literally, I mean, I, I live every day like it's. Well, I guess my last because you, you you never do know when something's going to happen. That's right. You know, all all you can do is um, uh, learn from other people and you know take in as much as you possibly can and you know try to evaluate every every situation before before you get yourself into it. Um, you know, and it's it's also crazy to think of it. Uh, you know, I I, I could. I could say, man, you know, I wish that never would have happened to me. Um, but I, at the same point, as a guy, I'm also glad that it did happen because if I ever see someone in that situation, I will know how to react to it better than someone who's never had to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good answer. Well, that's uh, that's kind of the reason that uh, I wanted to do this podcast is hopefully uh, we, we somebody might listen and just file this away in the back of their mind, go buy that rope and have with them, and we and maybe we help somebody. Yep, absolutely. All right, Mac, I'm looking at you. You got anything to add? I wouldn't go skydiving anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I will. Yeah. Wow. Well, Jason, we look. Uh, we think a lot of you, and we're glad everything's okay. And go, uh, go hug your wife and your kid, and and be sure you you hug on cash too. Yeah, no more no more stories like this. No, I I, I this is the last one that I ever have to do on that. So, <laughs> mm. all right, Lanny, what you got? Anything? Hey, man, no, I'm glad he made it. Yeah. Well, guys, y'all be safe out there. Things can happen in a blink of an eye. Unless I sound like a parent. Uh, you know, heard that all my life. My parents were always worried about this and that. And so, you know, wear clean underwear and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. so you never know when it's going to happen. So. Never know. Mm. All right, guys. Well, uh, this was a bonus podcast. Jason, we really appreciate it. And I know you're not going to, you, you probably got 
the hunts this afternoon going on. So y'all take care. People can follow Jason. I think it's Land of Giant, Land of Giants on Instagram, uh, Jason Cook. So there you go. Thanks, Jason. All right, buddy. Hey, guys, I, I appreciate it. And, you know, like you said, if, um, the biggest thing just to take from it is throw a hundred foot of rope in your blind bag and you'll, you'll never even know it's there. You know? Um, and if you ever see, and the thing about paracord, it, it all, I mean, it can help you in all kinds of different situations, not just fall to the ice and mm-hmm. you never even know what's in there. Yeah, that's right. That's right. a good point. All right, Josh, we appreciate it. All right. Well, looking around the room, I think mm. it's Friday. Everybody's ready to go do something. Mm. Everybody have fun and be careful. Don't get in any trouble. Put some rope in your bag. Put some rope in your bag. Why don't you say goodbye, Dudley? Goodbye, Dudley. Get us out of here, Mag Mac. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Gamekeeper Podcast. And be sure to tune in again. Subscribe to Gamekeeper Farming for Wildlife magazine. And don't miss the Mossy Oak Properties Fistful of Dirt podcast with my good buddy, Ronnie Cuz Strickland.